are here. You guys don't know it, but you guys made it to the very end of the year, the Sunday, the last Sunday before the year ends. And I don't know about you guys. I don't know where you were the first Sunday of the year, but I know where you are on the last Sunday of the year. And that says a lot. So congratulations to you guys. I am happy to be here virtually. Um, not as much, but we got to do what we got to do. And God has provided a way. He has given us an ability and availability and an accessibility to technology. So we got to give thanks to the Lord for what he's doing and what he's allowed us to do even now on this beautiful Sunday morning. Amen, One Life Church. Once again, we encourage you to engage with us. So thumbs up, reaction buttons, because we know we love those reaction buttons. Uh, share it, the code with someone on, on Facebook or uh, through message. There's still time. I'm going to give you guys some, some time to go ahead and share that message, uh, the Zoom code, the password, so you guys can connect with us from the comfort of your home, as that's my favorite line during the season, the comfort of your home. And I'm a bit jealous because I'm not in pajamas. I see some of you guys are, and I wish that was me right now. But God bless you guys for that. And right before getting into the word, why don't we pray, church, uh, together uh, as we start this journey and we navigate through what God is speaking to us on this Sunday. Lord, thank you because you've given us an opportunity to hear you speak once again, to dive into your word and to learn more about you, God, on this Sunday. Thank you, Lord, for those who are connecting via Facebook, via Zoom, and even those listening on the podcast later on this week. Lord, thank you for their lives, and thank you for allowing us to be gathered even away from each other, but still in one unison, in one spirit, um, really just to give you honor and praise, uh, no matter how that looks like in the season. Lord, thank you for the One Life family, for the new person that's here and for continuing pushing us forward because we know that this race that you've called us to run is not finished. We thank you and we give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. I hope everyone had a fun and safe Christmas. I hope you guys all got good gifts. I'm a big gift person, as you guys already know. I got some really good gifts. Uh, I was surprised this year, it, it went well for me. I hope it went well for you. And today we'll speak about a gift like we've spoken about in the past, the gift that does not compare to anything you might have received just yesterday, the gift that is salvation through Jesus Christ. Amen. Now we push forward and we move forward. And usually what I would do today is if you guys were in the building, I'd say, hey, let your neighbor know. But today, because it looks a little different, I'm going to ask you to message your neighbor and type, it's not over. Today's message is titled, It's Not Over. Go ahead and message your neighbor wherever they are, whether it's text message, Zoom, or Facebook. Let them know, hey, it's not over. See, church, because I believe that if you have breath today in your lungs, if you're alive and well today, God is not done with you just yet. I think there's still a lot more to do, and there definitely is a lot more to do here in, in the collective, in the gathering of the church, and in your personal life. It's not over. See, each one of us listening today, God has given a purpose and a plan for your life to impact those around you, the communities, the families that you have. So as we end the year, and this might sound encouraging, it might be discouraging, but I want to let you know it's not over. We still got lots to do. See, God has been equipping us here today, church, to continue pushing forward and to continue fighting the good fight and keeping the faith, as Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 4. And that's where we're going to start. So we're going to be sharing the Bible text uh, in the chats, as well as the major points. But please join me in the book of 2 Timothy, 
chapter 4, verse 1. And I'm going to give you guys some time before we dive in so you guys can find it. All right, if not, it's going to be in the chat. And it reads, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead. As we spoke about last week about judging and God being the one to judge us, right? And in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Once again, this is Paul speaking to Timothy and kind of letting him know, this is what I'm going to ask you to do now. He says, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage. For the time will come when people will not put up with the sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you... You, one life, keep your head in all situations, endure hardships, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. And this is the main verse. The good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Amen. See, Paul here is speaking to Timothy and is focusing on two primary ideas in these chapters. The first one is, Timothy, your background in Christ should give you enough courage to stand fast against any trials. And the second one is, Timothy, you should use that courage to defend the truth to defend the gospel, to defend the message of Jesus. And with these two points, Paul will go ahead and make them the foundation of the rest of the letter. See, church, Paul talks about a finished race. So what does a finished race look like? Because normally we talk about running the race. We talk about going towards the goal. We talk about fighting the good fight. But here, Paul just let Timothy know, hey, I finished the race. And normally we don't talk about that, but today we will. So you might ask yourself, Marlon, what does a finished race look like? And as Paul is describing, he's near to death. He's ready to depart with the Lord. And whether you know it or not, there will come a time where you will depart with the Lord and you will have that peace and assurance if you have ran the race, the race that the Lord has called you to run. And no, I have finished this race. You have shared the good news of God's grace. You have allowed your encounter with Jesus to impact your life in such a way where the person you were before Jesus is not the same person you are after Jesus. Amen. So you have fought a good fight. You have taken advantage of every moment of every stride in that race to give your best to God. And most importantly, you have stood up for your faith in Jesus. You have stood up against popular opinion. You have stood up against the culture. You have most importantly stood up against your own desires and will for the faith that you have in Jesus. Unfortunately, church, I wanna let this know, be known that everyone running the race doesn't finish the race. Everyone running the race doesn't finish the race. And mostly this happens is because we lose our faith in Jesus. We, we're running and, and the race is difficult and we're getting tired and we're growing weary. And in the midst of this race, we've got hurt by a church member. We've got hurt by a church. We got hurt in our belief. 
and we never healed in Jesus. See, church, today I want to encourage you by letting you know that this race will require work. It will require endurance. It will require you to check yourself and reflect and search your heart and be like, hey, am I running the race that God has called me to run? Am I living the life that God has called me to live? Or am I living the race that I want to run? Am I going towards the desires and the goals that I want to have? And I also want to encourage you and remind you that, listen, you're not running this race alone. Even as you sit in the comfort of your home with a person right next to you, a family member, a sibling, whoever it may be, you're not running this race alone. It may look different. It may look different. They might be running at a different pace. They may, may be going through a different route, but the destination and the goal that God has given them is the same one that he's given you and the same one that Paul is telling Timothy about today. And I am encouraging today at One Life that the race that you're running, even though it may feel like you're alone, you're not alone and we're running it with you, church. So here's some good news. You guys ready for some good news? Because it sounded like I kind of brought it down a bit, but there's good news at the end. And Paul speaks about this. The good news is, is that if you're alive today and well and healthy, it's not over. It's not over. Where Paul was ready to depart with the Lord, let me tell you, it's not over, church. You still have time to get back on track. You still have time that if you've taken a break from this race, to push forward and run towards the goal, to keep the faith. So what does running the race look like, Marlon? Paul shares in Acts 20, verse 24. He says, but my life means nothing to me. My only goal is to finish the race. So to run the race means that you know where you're running towards. I want to complete the work that the Lord Jesus has given me. Church, I don't know about you, but I want to complete the work that the Lord Jesus has given me. He wants me to tell others about the good news of God's grace. So how does running the race look like? It's telling others it's not over. There's a grace that God has given us today through Jesus. It's by sharing the gospel. And this is what Paul is encouraging Timothy to do. He says, preach the word. He gave him that charge, that responsibility. He said, preach the word. So as we enter this year and we've lived through everything we've lived through, we go on and we're thinking about what next year looks like, it should look the same if you've been preaching the word. You should still be preaching the word. You should still be running forward. You should still be fighting the good fight. See, Paul is telling Timothy that there is a way of preaching the word of God. It's not just to say Jesus loves you. It's not just to say God has a plan for you. No, there's a method. There's a manner because it would be unfair for Timothy to know that he has to preach the word of God and he has this burden and this cross to carry with him and not know how to do so. So Paul is here telling him, listen, there's a way to do this. He says, be prepared in season and out of season. He goes on to say, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instructions. And he goes on to say, Timothy, you're not to turn away from sound doctrine for myths. You know, all those extra religions, those, all those extra ideas and stones and new age and all these other things. And the list goes on to what we want to hear, to what the itching ears want to hear, because we don't like we don't like and we don't love what God is calling us to do, what God is calling us to give up, what God is calling us to run towards. So he's reminding Timothy what you should do. And there's seven different ways that we should be sharing the gospel. And if you stay within these seven different ways, you'll be okay. You'll be all right. It may look different. Once again, we're running the same race, but you might be running at a different pace. You might be new to the faith. And you may be like, Marlon, I don't understand any of this. I just know that Jesus loves me, that he has a plan and a purpose for me. And that is all I need to share. And that's all you need to share right now. 
But as you grow in the Lord and you start eating solid food and you start diving into scripture and you become a seasoned Christian, you start to realize there is much more for me to do. It's not over. So Paul is saying to be ready in season. What does in season mean? That means when you're preaching, it makes sense, right? For instance, on a Sunday, we're preaching. It makes sense to preach. It's comfortable to preach. It makes sense in the circumstances. And it's safe to preach here at church or on an Impact Wednesday or in a Bible study that you're in. And then he goes on to say, preach out of season. So don't just preach when you're supposed to. Preach when you're not supposed to. Speak the word of God when it doesn't make sense, when it's a bit awkward, when you're at work speaking to your coworker and you know they're hurting. And you know what? Let me give you a word of encouragement through the Bible. It doesn't make sense. It might be weird and you might be labeled a Christian and that's okay. In season and out of season. Then he goes on to say, also correct. Provide correction to those who are in error. This echoes Paul's call to rebuke and to reprove. Of course, he's calling us to correct in a loving manner, church. Don't be a jerk. Don't be mean. If someone is saying something wrong, know how to speak. And this one really spoke to me because I can be very upfront, very uh, blunt. And I've learned and I'm continuing to learn. There's a way to speak in grace and love and respect. So that's what, he, that's what Paul's telling Timothy today. Correct but in a loving way, in a graceful way. Then he goes on to say rebuke, meaning to speak out against. Against what? Against the wrong. So I'm running this race. I got to also make sure that I'm running the right race. I got to make sure that those around me that I want to run with, they're also running the right race because the, the world will try to be, you know, deceiving. The devil is cunning. It's, he's witty. He knows the word and he will try to confuse us in any way possible, even if it means using the very Bible that we have to confuse our faith and our sound doctrine. So rebuke what is not correct. Anything that's out of context, anything that's not sound doctrine, as you grow and you develop in your relationship with Jesus, you start realizing the Holy Spirit starts moving in you, helping you discern, navigate through the scripture, and what is correct and what isn't. Then he goes on to say encourage, or a word that we also like to use, exhort. Referring to building each other up, because running the race will require each other to build up. It's not a race that we run alone. It's not something that it's over. It's something that as we continue day in and day out to fight the good fight, we're on the battlefield with our brothers and sisters next to each other. Encourage each other, comfort each other, support each other, aid each other. And I love this one because this one, I felt this one really hit me. And it was about preaching with patience. You got to be patient because sometimes... I don't know about you. I grew up and my mom always would say, common sense, common sense. You got to have common sense. So that was embedded in me. And I, and when people don't have common sense, that's where, you know, that's where the devil sneaks in. And he starts, you know, like really like, that's where Marlon's sarc sarcasm comes out. So sometimes God is still working in me, church. All right. God is still working in me in that area. I've gotten better. I got to say, I've definitely gotten better. So he's still working. So it does work. But patience, despite the frustrating times, Despite the times that you're on Zoom and you want to see people's faces and they're not on, it can be a little frustrating, but God is saying patience. They're with you. They're listening to you. You just got to be encouraged that they're there. They're alive. And I'm like, all right, Lord, you take the wheel. Patience. It's a hallmark of the Christian faith. Because when the world sees you upset or angry, oh, and that guy's a Christian? Hmm. To be a Christian like him, I'd rather not be a Christian at all. So church, remember your testimony speaks not just for yourself, it speaks to others around. Amen. Amen. And then he goes on to say, preach with instructions. 
He talks about not just talking and speaking about the word of God, but teaching, breaking down the gospel. What does it mean? What is he trying to say? What is the word trying to explain to us today? And as I went through this and as I went through the message, it kind of hit me and I said, all right, so Paul is speaking to Timothy about how to preach, what it looks like to preach, what it looks like to run the race, what it looks like when it has been finished. And I asked myself, when was the last time, Marlon, that you brought someone to church? And I had to reflect and sit back. When was the last time that you brought someone new? When was the last time you spoke to someone about God? How has your language, how has your gospel sharing, how has your evangelism been looking? And I don't know about you guys, but it, it, it needs to be revamped. It needs to be renewed. It needs to change. Because to come to church every Sunday and see the same people or come to church every Sunday and just look out for myself and what I'm going to receive is not going to help anyone. It's not going to be really be running the race. It's not going to be doing that thing that Paul had asked Timothy to do. And I'm asking you guys to do, which is preach the word, preach the gospel. Because in the craziness of life, especially now they're in the holidays, in the craziness of life, we've been focused on bettering ourselves, bettering our finance, finances, getting our careers ready, going to the right school, getting married, all these things, having babies, all these things. We've been focused on everything else for preaching the word of God. And I think as believers, we need to have this in the back of our head every day. How am I speaking the word of God? Who am I sharing the gospel with? How is it looking in season? And how is it looking out of season? Because in season, it's a lot easier. It's in the out of season that we got to be comfortable with. It may not make sense, but that's faith, right? Faith is believing in something, whether you see it or not. And the faith that we have in Jesus should be crazy faith. The love that we should have in Jesus is extravagant love to go out of our way to preach the gospel to those who need it, which let me tell you, church, everybody needs it. Yeah. Amen? Amen. So what I say with that is there's still greater things to do. As Paul is speaking to Timothy, he's letting him know there's still much more to do. There's greater things that you shall do. See, going back to Timothy 4 verse 5, Paul is saying, but you keep your head in all situations, endure hardships, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. Paul is saying there's greater things to do. He says, keep your head in all situations. What does that mean, church? It means staying aware, staying calm, composed, collective, understanding, reading the room, knowing where you are, knowing the opportunities that God is allowing you to have to run that race, to preach the word, to show his love. Then he goes on to say, endure hardships. Like we've spoken in the past, as a Christian, you're still going to have hardships. You're still going to have storms. You're still going to have battles. You're going to have trials and tribulations. But in that, your faith will be highlighted. In that, you will endure, endure, and everybody around you will see, hey, that's a believer. He knows what he's talking about. She knows what she's believing. There is faith in that person. Because being a Christian doesn't necessarily mean just surviving. It means to also sustain and keep our faith, as Paul said. Do the work of an evangelist. Very straightforward. Literally a person who presents the good news of Christ. Amen. To present the good news of Christ makes you an evangelist. So whenever you have talked to someone about Jesus, you've been an evangelist. And church, it is not a ministry that you need to walk into. It's not a, a group that you need to you know, raise your hand and sign up and says, I want to go out there and preach. No, no, you do it wherever you are in season and out of season, at work, 
at school, at home, because at home is really when it's the toughest. When you live with people that aren't believers, that's when you have to have the most patience. That's when you have to have the most love. That's when you have to endure the most. That's when your testimony has to be the best in season and out of season, but endure. Keep the faith. And he concludes, he says, discharge all the duties of your ministry. Paul just told Timothy, finish the race. Fulfill the call. Don't just go ahead and preach the word of God, but know that you're fulfilling it, living it, breathing it, not just to carry the ministry that God has given you, whether you're on the worship team or the welcome team or you preaching the word of God on the teaching team. It doesn't matter what the ministry is, fulfill the work of God in you, which we learned today is to preach the word of God. Preach the word of God. Finish the race. Jesus said in John 14, 12 to 14, he says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Once again, Jesus is ready preparing his disciples as Paul was preparing Timothy about to depart. He says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it because there is power in the name of Jesus. See, Jesus here has just promised that one, we're not alone. And two, that there is power in his name. He's promised that we're able to ask and he will move according to his will. See, he promised us and charged us to do greater. So as we prepare ourselves, and I don't know about you guys, but in my house, we try to do this. We, we prepare a list of goals that we want for the next year, things that we could change, things that we could better, things that we want to see, places we want to go. What can you do greater, church? How could you run the race better, church? And if you haven't been running it, can you start running it today? Could you start going towards that goal? Could you start running towards salvation? Could you start preaching the word of God? Because it gets comfortable, it gets easy, right? You take a water break in the midst of that race, and then all of a sudden you stopped, you're tired. We find reasons to not run. We find reasons to not preach the word of God. We find reasons to not go to church. We find reasons to not log on online. We found reasons because as human, we find excuses. From the very beginning of time, we can find excuses. But God is calling us to leave the old man behind, to be transformed by his word, to preach his word, to love like Jesus loved, to have patience like Jesus had. Amen? Church, my desire today as we conclude is that when it comes that day, when that day comes and and the day I'm talking about is the day that you're about to depart with the Lord. That just like Paul, you have that assurance in your faith, that security in what you've done in your life. That the life that God has blessed you with and gifted you with has been one to honor him and glorify him. See, Paul goes on to say, for I'm already being poured out like a drink offering. Pretty much saying I have given everything I've been able to give. And the time for my departure is near. And he tells Timothy, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. And I love this part, verse 8, it says, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness. I love the certainty that Paul has in this moment. He says, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Church, I want to be part of that all today. 
I want to be part of that, 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 that believer that, that, that trusts and has lived a life for the Lord, that has lived a life for Jesus. I want, to, I want to be where Paul is on my deathbed and know, hey, listen, I have poured everything I've had. I've given everything I've had, and I'm ready to be with the Lord. I'm ready to receive that crown of righteousness. I'm ready to go ahead and be with the Father. I have fought the good fight, and I have kept my faith in the midst of the hardships, the trials, the tiredness, the impatience. I have fought the good fight, and I have kept my faith in Jesus. Whether it looked weird or not, whether it was in season or out of season, I have fought the good fight. So today, church, as you guys sit there in the comfort of your home, I welcome you to think, to reflect, and perhaps even write down the things that maybe next year you'd like to see, or maybe this year you want to finish it, finish it off, already starting to run the race, to move towards that, that crown of righteousness. Write things down. Reflect analyze what can I do better? Where can I preach out of season? Where can I stand and hold my faith a lot stronger? Where can I share the gospel, the good news where, where someone might have not heard it? I challenge you today, church, as Paul challenges Timothy to preach the word of God. It's not over. You still have life. You still have breath. You still have purpose. You still have a plan that God has created for you. Preach the word of God. Keep, keep those methods that, that Paul has given Timothy, those seven different ways that you could preach the word of God. And trust me, you'll see God move in your life. You'll see the Holy Spirit start to engage and interact in ways that you've never seen possible. So I want to exhort you and say it's not over, church. We have a lot to do. We continue to have a lot to do. But there's greater things to come. So if you don't mind, right there where you are, we're going to bow our heads and close out in prayer.